Fueled by Trial, the podcast where real people share their inspiring stories of choosing faith over fear on their Christian life journey. I'm your host, Zion Heaven, alongside Emily Dykema, Julie Mangum, and Christian Vorst. We're going to embark together on a transformative exploration of faith, courage, and the power of God's love. Each episode, we invite guests from all walks of life, united by one common thread, their unwavering trust in God throughout life's most challenging trials. We believe that through their testimonies, you'll find strength, hope, and a renewed sense of purpose. Join us as we dive deep into personal accounts of overcoming adversity, battling doubts, and discovering the extraordinary miracles that can emerge from even the darkest valleys. Fueled by Trial is not just a podcast. It's a testament to the work of the Holy Spirit in lives of believers. Our guests will inspire you to live fearlessly, rooted in the unshakable foundation of God's grace. So grab your headphones and get ready to embark on a transformative journey filled with wisdom, inspiration, and a renewed passion for living a faithful life. Welcome back, everybody, um, <laughs> um, to the eighth episode now. Um, again, we don't have Julia. She just doesn't seem to want to be here a lot, but it's okay. They're I don't think season. she likes us, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, she's going to El Paso, I believe, though. They're playing a tournament. Anyways, uh, got Christian with us, got M back Ooh. with us, and we have a very special guest today. Kyle. You, Kyle. you may have, you definitely heard his name in the first episode if you've I been there from Kyle. the start, because Christian loves to say his name every once in a while. Um, but, you know, this is on our dining room table, our third roommate in this house. So Let's go. it's kind of it's fun to have you here. Let's go. <laughs> Glad but, to be here. You know, I'll let you introduce yourself. Kind of a little yeah. backstory about yourself, and then what you know, go for it. <laughs> well, contrary to what Christian believes, I'm not from Mexico, but <laughs> my name's Kyle. I'm uh, I'm from Georgia. I've played on the men's soccer team here the past four years. Recently came to an end, but it was four of the best years of my life. God blessed me so much. Used the good and the bad and everything in between to bring me closer to Him and find my calling and find my purpose. And that's a little bit of what I want to share. So kind of the the verse or the passage that has been on my mind a lot lately as I've been, you know, reflecting on my time in college, my time as a college athlete is uh 1 Corinthians 2 10 or 1 Corinthians 2 9, sorry. What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. And I remember one day I was at Campus Community, and Josh Rutledge said that said this passage. And it's something that I had never really considered before, kind of a, a meaning behind it that he was hinting at that I had never really thought of personally. And he was saying that when you surrender your life to Christ— there's a plan waiting for you that you have no idea how great it is. And that's been something that I've been blessed to see. I mean, I'm I'm 23, so I'm old for a college athlete, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not that old. But I've been blessed to be able to look back on the years that I've had here at Liberty and see the times where God was working. And even the years before Liberty, when I was growing up, things in my childhood that I didn't understand why they happened or why my environment was the way it was. Not that I had a great environment. That sounds like I had a bad environment. But Backtrack. <laughs> I'll, I'll explain more. But 
I've been blessed to have moments of reflection where I could see where God was working. And I'm very thankful for that because not everyone has that. And specifically, one of those times was the soccer team. And well, I'm, I was on the soccer team. We went to Colombia for a mission trip and we were in one of the biggest cities in the, in Colombia, Medellin. And I was so blessed on that trip in so many ways. And I want to get into that. But specifically, I'll backtrack a little bit on why that trip was so meaningful to me. I, I grew up in an area with a high Latino population. All my, all my best friends growing up were Hispanic. But I went to a private Christian school and everyone and there were not a lot of minorities in the school. And so I grew up in like almost two worlds. I grew up in the Christian private school world. And then I grew up in the soccer world with all my friends. And I was always closer with my teammates. And I never really knew why, you know, I, I looked more like them probably than a lot of people at my school. So I kind of fit in naturally. But right away, I just fell in love with the game of soccer and also fell in love with that culture. And I grew to just form a great bond with a lot of guys that I still am friends with today. And, you know, when I was growing up, I never really knew why that was like, why do I kind of feel like in between two places? Like I'm, I'm not a Latino person, but I feel that connection and I feel that with them. And I was kind of, I kind of was like in between and, you know, I'll kind of bookend it a little bit, not tell all the time in between then and now, but we went on the mission trip to Columbia and you know, not a lot of people there speak English, but because of my upbringing and because of my situations that I was in growing up, I was really interested in learning Spanish so I could communicate with my friends and their families better. And also just because I wanted to make that effort to make them, to let them know I cared about them. And so we go on a mission trip to Columbia and I'm translating for my teammates like when we're sharing the gospel with other teams there, when we're spending time with Colombian guys our age, when we're spending time with their coaches at this ministry. And it was a time where I got to see the faithfulness of God working in my life when I didn't even know. I didn't even know that he was working. I just thought I was just living my life. But little did I know the plans God had for me. No eye had seen it, no ear had heard it, and my heart did not imagine it but God had prepared it. And specifically, I want to share a little bit about the ministry in Columbia that we were with. It's called Coast to Coal, and it started back in 1986. So for a little bit of context in the time, in 1985, the Colombian government decided it was time to wipe out the cartel once and for all. And we all know Pablo Escobar, you know, we know the, the pop culture around him and everything, but he was making a lot of money through drugs and crime, and he wasn't willing to just roll over and take it. So he started to hire young men to be his assassins, sicarios as they called them there. And overnight, Colombia, or specifically Medellin, the city of Medellin in Colombia, became the homicide capital of the world, 15 people dying a day on average. And it was like this for until 2001. And this man named Mark or Marcos, 
as he went by when he moved down to Colombia. He he moved down with his family to teach at a seminary in Medellin. And just every night he would hear gunshots, gunshots, and like wake up in the morning, bodies on the street. And he just was praying so much, like, how can I reach these these guys for the gospel? How can I reach these young men? Because these are like teenagers, mm-hmm. like very young. People, they're they're getting taken advantage of by by the cartel. And he one day he went out and just started playing soccer with them in the street. And he was like, this is it. This is how I'm going to do it. So he organized like a six V six soccer tournament in the city. And he just started doing it with them. And after a year, one of the men, one of the young men who was working in the cartel gave his life to Christ and left that life. And from there sprouted a sports ministry. And I have this little booklet that they gave us when we were down there and it has like testimonies of guys on it. So I want to read that one of that first life change through the ministry. So I'll read it real quick. When Alvaro Cano heard that a soccer league was being organized in his neighborhood in Medellin, he quickly pulled together a team of friends and signed them up. To their surprise, though, just before the ball was put into play in their first game, the gringo named Mark, who had organized the league, gathered the two teams together at the center of the field. He led them in a short prayer and invited them to attend a Bible study on Thursday nights. Alvaro was intrigued. When the game was over, he stayed to talk with Mark. A friendship developed between them, and Alvaro began to attend the Bible study. God began to work in Alvaro's life, and before this soccer season was over, he decided to follow Jesus and began to attend a local evangelical church. It was a momentous decision. decision. Nobody in his family or on his block had ever done anything like that. A test of his newfound faith, though, came quickly. For Alvaro had been working for a local drug cartel boss, and when he made the decision to follow Christ, He also took the step of renouncing his work with the cartel. The drug boss was not to be deterred, though. He liked Alvaro, because when he worked for him, he had no qualms at carrying out violent crimes, and at the same time, he never touched drugs himself. The quote-unquote boss was insistent with Alvaro. Come back to work for me. You know that I can give you everything that you need in life. One day, when the boss was insisting again, Alvaro took the Bible that was under his arm and put it in the man's face and said, Don Byron? And this is all that I need for my life. One month later, this same cartel boss had all his employees killed, thinking that they had a plot to kidnap his son. Alvaro's faith, seeing how God literally saved his life, was strengthened, and he resolved with Mark to help other young men into a life-giving faith in Christ. And now that ministry has over 3,000 kids in it with soccer leagues throughout the whole city, and it's just a testament of God's faithfulness and you know, Alvaro, no eye had seen what God would do with him. No ear had heard what God would do with him. And his heart had not imagined it, but God had prepared it beforehand. And I read those stories and I got to meet these guys when we were down there that have these amazing testimonies. And it was just like, I want that. I want that resolve to look a guy in the face that I know can take my life and say, and this is all that I need in the word, in God, in Jesus. And there were just so many little moments like that. And I could talk for days about what that trip meant to me and all my teammates. But just for me personally, it was a moment of clarity and 
little moments of God showing me what my purpose is and why things had happened the way they have happened. And that was really cool for me to experience. So, yeah, I don't know if you guys have any questions. But no, I got one. Actually, I have one that actually goes back to the beginning of your story. You didn't actually touch upon, um, but you kind of touched, talked about how you know you felt like you were in two different worlds almost, right? Uh-huh. You had your school and then you had your team, right? Um, but I and I think it kind of reminded me how you know a lot of athletes. Um, and I don't think it only is athletes, but I'll use it from an athlete's perspective. You know, we have the idea sometimes that it's like, how are you supposed to merge those two, right? How do you merge your Christian life and your sports life? Because as a competitor, you can't roll over, right? And the Bible doesn't say to roll over, but how do you, you know, be that Christian competitor or like, what's your insight on that while also, you know, being an athlete? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think that's something that anyone who's ever played sports has struggled with. Like, how do we honor God when we're playing a game? Because at the end of the day, it's just a game when you think about it. It's a stick and a ball in a field, or it's a tennis racket and a ball and another guy over there that you're trying to beat. <laughs> but like, Get up. how do? Get up. <laughs> but like, how do we? How do we bring honor to him in that? And I think it's. I think it manifests itself in a lot of different ways. I think one of the easiest ways is hard work. The word of God says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. And then it also says, do everything unto the Lord and not for man. So knowing why we do, recognizing that, you know, sports are a gift and we should honor God through that gift by not taking them for granted. And I think another tangible way is how do you compete and what manner are you competing? Are you talking trash Mm -hmm. to other people on the team? Are you doing dirty stuff on the field that no one else sees? You know, those little things really matter. And something great that we get to do at Liberty is we get to share the gospel with the other team after the game. We always ask them if we can pray with them, tell them a short message, and then we lock arms and pray together. And I think that remembering those moments when you're playing is important Mm because it takes a lifetime to build your witness and five seconds to lose it. Come on. So... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. that's what i would say i think that. no matter whether it's the sports field whether you're in, at work in the office you know just around the neighborhood and daily life it's you know what are you personifying are you showcasing god or are you living worldly in that situation but yeah um so i had a question i pulled up the scripture when you were reading it um and you were reading verse 9 and verse 10 you know, talking about the the things that God has prepared for those who love him. And then verse 10, it says, but God has revealed these things, them to us through his spirit for the spirit searches all things. Yes. The deep things of God. So obviously you grew up in a situation where like maybe in the moment you couldn't see how God was shaping it and forming it for the plan in the future. And so I'm just wondering, like, if someone feels like they're at a stage in their life where like the spirit of God hasn't revealed their reason for their past or their present, like what advice would you give to someone in the waiting in between when like, you know, God's working, but you can't actually see it, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. That's, that's another good question. I, it's hard. Um, cause I can think back on times in my life where, I mean, I, I just talked about it. I don't know why I'm bringing that up again, (laughs) but just like the little, the little stages where maybe your prayers are answered Mm -hmm. and 
you're a lot of times you get no's sometimes you get yeses you know god doesn't always give you your dreams and your desires but you know if i think just being faithful every day and showing up is like all we can do in those moments and i think back to like the guys that i met in columbia and i remember one of my coaches said this to me and he's he said God doesn't always use people with great ability, but he always uses people with great availability. Mm. And I think just showing up and doing those little things every day, spending time in the word, spending time with God, one-on-one by yourself and in communion with him, Mm -hmm. that's what we can do. And then in time, we trust that he's faithful to his promises and, you know, it's different for everybody. Mm So Mm -hmm. not everyone has it revealed in the same way. Mm -hmm. I think it can come through people you meet, through time in the word, Mm -hmm. solitary time with God. But it's, I can just say for me, it, for me, it was gradual. So. Nice. Um, I'm, I'm going on a kind of a different path here, but um, you've mentioned, or we know as you met, you're going to sports ministry and you've mentioned how this trip has kind of reinforced or just confirmed that calling that you felt um how was how how was that the case i guess how did how did this trip kind of really just made you feel confident of that's what you want to do yeah so i so in high school i always thought i would be a doctor so ayo yeah shout out i stole like, your dream yeah that was god's plan for <laughs> she's me she's actually she's actually yeah i know right she's actually good enough to, to she's actually good enough to chase that to chase that dream okay it's not for all of us but but um i so my senior year of high school i did an internship with an orthopedic surgeon and like wow. he he was it was great you an ortho bro no, <laughs> but I, I did, I did the internship. I loved it. Got to meet some really cool people. It was amazing, but I, I just doing the internship, I realized this just isn't for me. And like, I, I was thankful for that. Cause you know, God was showing me like, Hey, this isn't what you're called to. So I go into school and I go into college and I'm undecided. Don't really know what I want to do. And I end up at Liberty and I do my first semester of Liberty and I'm like, I don't really know what I want to do. And then I'm meeting with my advisor and I'm like, I'm at a Christian school. Might as well just study the Bible, I guess. <laughs> like, I'm like, I like to, I like to learn about the Bible. Yeah. I'm at a Christian school. Like, why not? Seems to work, you know, seems to make sense. So I talked to my advisor and she was like, uh, just, you can do like theology and apologetics. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I did it. And I signed up for it and I was in it and I took all my classes and like by no means was it like perfect right away. I think I struggled with with um with sins that I hadn't beforehand while I was mm. studying mm-hmm. the Bible. And I works. I look back on that and I'm like, man, like I'm a I'm amazed it I'm amazed. It just shows God's grace, honestly, in my life. And I would be lying if I said it was me, but it's not. So, um, so I had this time where I was really like struggling with that and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was like, do I want to teach? Do I want to be a pastor? Like, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do. 
And, but I knew I was like, I have something, I have this calling. Like I have this, I have something. And I went on a mission trip to Haiti with three of my teammates in on spring break of 2022. And I, we just lived in ministry for a week. And I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do. I don't know what Mm -hmm. it looks like, but this is it. So that happens. And then a month later, I tear my knee up in our last spring game and I'm out for the whole fall season. So then I learn what it's like to serve a team without being on a team. I'd never experienced that before. I'd always been a player and I, that was my main focus, honestly, was me. What, what's going to be good for me? How am I going to get what I want on the field? And I learned then cause I couldn't run for a while or walk like, how are you going to serve the guys in a way you've never served before? So God pruned me and shaped me so much over the years. So then after that experience of just being on a team and just being there and finding ways to serve in ways I hadn't before, I was like, man, like I always knew sports was good and it can be used as a bridge, but now I like really taste it. Like I've tasted it. So then Columbia was just like the ultimate cherry on top for me personally because I was it was just peace like that's I think that's the one word I would use to describe it is peace and I like I said I could reflect on back on all the times where God was so patient with me and he showed me grace when I didn't deserve it and brought me out of brought me out of things and just used it all for his glory and for my benefit ultimately for his glory first, but yeah, I, was, I guess that was my path to sports ministry. So still growing. Yeah. Not, not honestly, just looking at your story too. I think a lot of people can relate, you know, if they look back and a lot of people are in the moment right now where, you know, even if you just talk about your, you growing up and you ha- learning Spanish because of being in that community, like if you weren't in that community, it may not have happened. Right. And you transfer from another school, you're at Furman for a little bit and then Mm -hmm. your knee happens and all these things kind of happen that have actually led you to this path. Right. And they've kind of shown you this way and it's just God continuously working. Um, and I think some people may be in that moment where, you know, they don't know where that's leading yet. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I guess though, my question is, right. You are going to be a shepherd for the men's soccer team. We are currently at the moment as well, but I guess, you know, being in that position, what do you think, you know, you're obviously pouring into the lives of others, but how do you, do you feel like you've been poured into or what do you think God has taught you through that process of leading others? Mm. That's a good question. I would say that I've been blessed. One of the main, I've been blessed in many ways at Liberty. And I think one of the main ways is by my teammates and I look up to so many of them in each each in a different way. Each of them has a quality I want to resemble. And I've gotten to see like humility and service on a team that I'd never seen before. And what was the question again? Basically, like, <laughs> no, you're good. Like how has being a shepherd like poured into you, right? Oh, like yeah. what do you feel okay. like God has taught you through that process? Yeah. So specifically in Colombia, I didn't mention this, but 
I got to baptize nine guys from the team. Mm-hmm. I got to be one of the guys in there doing it. And that was like the best trophy ever. Mm. That was better than any conference, national championship, you name it. I wouldn't trade any of it for that. And that was a moment where I got to see like God's faithfulness working in our team through guys that came here and will leave forever different than the way they came. And that's just such a blessing. Like talk about a miracle. Like that's a miracle, life change Mm -hmm. miracle. And that's been one of the ways that's been so fulfilling for, for myself personally is seeing how God can use something as stupid as a ball to change lives. Like it's just a game. Like it's a game. And I think we miss that. And I think we miss that it's just a tool that God uses like anything else. And that's all we are too. We're just instruments that he uses. So, but I've just gotten to see, I've gotten to see like the times when he pulls me out of, of sin or patterns and patterns of ways I shouldn't be acting and the vulnerability that, that, that leadership has to have like you have to be vulnerable with people you have to connect and that's something i've learned through examples i've seen guys do that they've done it for me and that's all i want to do i just want to be someone that is relatable and can just be there with you and be your bro you know (laughs) what a way to be a bro (laughs) no i mean i think that just kind of highlights too right in order to be a great leader you have to first be a great servant Right. Um, and I think you kind of mentioned it, but I think it's a good thing to mention is how all these gifts that we have for you, it was soccer, that blessing, it's a tool. Right. And I think we often forget that and we can make it something bigger. It is whatever your gift is, right. It doesn't have to be a sport. It can be your workplace. It can be something very, very small. It could be, mm-hmm. I mean, I can't even think of anything, but obviously like that was really smooth. Um, but you know, it could be the smallest thing where like, it can make an impact, right? God can use anything. Like you said, it's all about availability, but, um, I guess as we close out, um, you know, we, we've asked everybody on this show so far, but you know, what's your power statement? Like a big thing you want to leave with listeners, um, kind of something maybe God's impacted you with, or just, you know, something that you want people to get out of kind of what you've learned through your story. Oh man. (laughs) Uh, you're good. Take your time. Okay. You I'll it. think. We'll let Christian sing while you're thinking. Okay. Or tell us, you know, what he's going to have for Thanksgiving yeah. this weekend. Because, you know, it's like the 9th well, of Well, South November. Africa doesn't celebrate Thanksgiving. so Because they're not a thankful we people. Are, well, we're thankful. Every, no, okay. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> thankful every day. Um, we're, I am making a South African dish for the Friendsgiving we're having. And I'm not sure what to make, so. I'm kind of worried about that so my, my cooking is very natural. If everybody, if you're listening now, please be praying for his group um, because I've seen this man cook. Don't and... say that online. Tell him about the chicken. <laughs> what about the chicken? My chicken is I've heard unreal. that it's really overcooked. No. This guy loves to One cook time. on the highest temperature. Mm. It gets done but quicker. Zion was able to throw, throw a frisbee at pizza the other yeah. day. That thing was stone hot. <laughs> yeah, this guy left his pizza in the oven for probably two hours. but. It was okay. It was fun for me. I don't see the in the Bible that men are. Well, I say that your dad cooks unreal food, <laughs> so take that back. I just don't have that skill. It's fine. 
my mom my mom's cooking is really good and um, i'm backing on that until yeah <laughs> he just keeps going there's just always more kyle's ready i can see it uh okay so i got this little journal that they gave us when we were there in columbia with the ministry and it gave you a little section to write down your thoughts from each day and I'm not a big journaler, but I was like, you know, I don't really want to forget like what I felt on this trip or like the, the moments. So the day that we had the baptisms, I wrote this, I wrote this down. Well, I wrote a lot, but I'll read one sentence. <laughs> I wrote each day continues to be better than the last. And I think that would sum up like what true joy in Christ is and Paul says in Philippians, uh, to live as Christ, to die as gain. So every day of your life should be full of joy. We have Christ. What, what's better than that? And Jesus says, I've come that they have, may have life and have it to the fullest. And, you know, prosperity preachers take that out of context and say money. But no, it's full life, a full life, not a an easy life, a comfortable life, a, a comfy life. Oh, that means comfortable. <laughs> it's the same no, thing. No, I loved it. But like, what? Oh, fire me up, Kyle. I love but that. like, he doesn't call us to that. And he calls us to, a, he, he gives us a full life. And I was just looking back at this, like each day continues to be better than the last. And that's what I would say of, you know, my, my growth, his and it's all him. It's all Christ keeping me, keeping me. And that's perseverance is, is Christ in us. So that's what I would say is my preach. Statement. I think you are going to be a, yeah. you said sports ministry, but probably you can be a pastor. Yeah. I think you're hey, a pastor. Hey, better than hey, that. Kind of you can live your comfy, comfortable life. Yeah. Your comfy, comfortable <laughs> life. <laughs> no, yeah, that was a little redundant. But <laughs> I loved it. You were searching was, for a word. You're like, comfy. <laughs> I was. I didn't. Yeah. I loved it. It was good. But I ran out of synonyms. That was great. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Oh, uh, you're the fun. best. <laughs> Thank you. He doesn't, know, he doesn't know what to do with that. <laughs> See you guys next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Fueled by Trial, where faith triumphs over fear one story at a time. Remember to follow us on your favorite podcast platform to never miss an episode of this life-changing journey. And as always, keep the faith burning bright, for together we are fueled by trial.